Hey, wonderfuls, welcome to episode 523 of the JV Club with my awesome guest, boy of summer, Max Middleman. If you are a uh, video gamer, I said that like I was an old person or someone from another planet, or if you're into anime or just animation in general, you very well might recognize Max's voice or if you check out some of the stuff that he has done, he's all over the place and is truly awesome. And I had such a great time talking to him. So please enjoy this episode. If you are interested in traveling to a convention or two, Dante and I will be doing Braving the Elements live in San Diego at San Diego Comic-Con on Thursday. The yes, I absolutely know the state. Thursday the 20th. And I will then be the following weekend, the 29th and 30th, I'll be in Rhode Island for a con. And then the weekend after that, I'll be in Tulsa for a con. So my whirlwind spring and summer of travel continues. It has been so, so, so amazing meeting some of you out and about. I just had a wonderful time in New Jersey and there were some definite JV club fans there. So you know who you are and it was so wonderful to talk to you. Anyway, enjoy this episode with Max, who hopefully I will be seeing at one of these cons because that is where we met in the first place. All right, everybody. Talk to you next week. Hi. Hi. The last time we were together, I think I saw you for a total of 25 seconds. Yeah, it was extremely fast. And it was also a very strange convention because the power went out. And Oh, no, we saw each other at Momocon. Oh, Momocon, yes. That's how little we saw each other at Momocon is that you forgot that we were at Momocon because we saw each other for 25 seconds. When I said, are you doing an improv show? That sounds really bad. Good luck. Bye, friend. And then I never saw you again. It was a very busy convention. So, And I kept walking by your table and I wanted to say hi. And then you were always with a giant line. And I said, never mind. I'm going to let her go. Um, did you or did you not jump into any of the painted cars that were across from oh, where? Oh, yeah. There was like a giant, there was like a massive I've never had that before. car section, like a car show going on at the same time, like an anime car show, right? Yeah. I think it was just, yeah, people had done like cool anime paint stuff on their cars. Yeah. it's I see that a lot and it's dope. But I wonder, is that the only place that people go to show that? off like is that why really they do that question. because they i have never seen it before but i don't go to a- as many anime cons as you because are we fall into avatar falls into that but weird I, I like i feel like i see american it. thing I, I see it like just out and about like i keep yeah <laughs> i was riding my literally like two days ago i was riding my bike around the neighborhood around me and yeah there was a there was one of those cars and it was just like that's okay, cool I was, it's yeah. awesome if you have the dedication to like turn your car into something like that yeah that's not me. Not, no, not me either. I, I mean, can't even I get a like, personalized yeah. license plate. I also can't do that. <laughs> I couldn't settle on I don't think I'd be able to settle on anything. I don't think it even could. Does it even cost? It costs like a little bit extra. It co- yeah, I think it was maybe. like 70. I don't remember, like around 75 bucks. But it, yeah. to me, it's like getting a tattoo. Or like I can't get a tattoo because yeah. I don't want anything permanent that I might end yeah. up like regretting. 
Yeah. And then, that's what the license Even plate Even though is. it's easier than ever before, I guess, to get tattoos removed. Yeah, exactly. But, but I can't. But it's like, a tattoo is like marriage. You shouldn't go into it thinking, well, I can always reverse this. No, right. Yeah, if that's the mentality, you're going to get some crazy tattoos. But like, yeah. I the, even the things that I'm obsessed with, just because I feel like I've seen my obsessions change over time. Yeah. And knowing that about me, I, I, I like, I think I'd be upset if I had to stare at something all day, every day. I understand that. And uh, yeah, if like if anything, almost like the thing where you get nervous about doing what you love for a living, like mm-hmm. th- like what if I hate a thing because I have to do it all the time or because I've made the commitment to it? Like even if you would have continued, if nothing changed about your love of something except that you got a tattoo of it and the tattoo itself was enough to like send you spiraling into like, I guess I don't like this anymore. Right, right. Well, that that's exactly what would happen with me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's bad. Um, yeah, don't do it. Uh, did you let, let's go back to cars for a second because I'm curious. Like, I'm saying this is a person who was very happy to be in my friends' cars and was not super eager to have to like learn how to drive either of my parents' stick shift cars. So it took me a long time to give a shit about cars. Like, like I think I was in my 20s did when you, I bought you, my first car and was like, I care now. Did you grow up in California? I grew up in Arizona, but when I, I, I graduated high school, I'm a year younger than my, my class. So like I graduated at 17 and went straight to a school where you don't need a car, um, a small you know college that you could just be on campus or even in the town around it. And then and then I moved to San Francisco and like you can't... You, you have to have the money to pay for a garage or you will be in hell every night of your life looking for parking. <laughs> right. So I never got so it wasn't until I got a job like in my mid 20s where I really needed to be able to like go across the Golden Gate Bridge for a job. Um, I'm like cast like when I got started getting cast and stuff and whatnot. But that's the first time I really had to be like, I guess I really have to take this seriously, super seriously now. Yeah. Like, did you have, you know. That you weren't the kid who was like, I'm getting my wheels, I'm getting my personalized license plate. Like, what was your relationship? No, like, like? everyone, everyone got their license before me, had cars before me, uh, and I, I was in my senior year of high school when I mean, it wasn't, I, I wasn't that late of a bloomer when it came to driving, but, um, but I was in my senior year, and everybody had all had their cars for like a year and a half, and, um, and where were you? Were you somewhere where having a car? Well, I was was important. I, I grew up in Woodland Hills, and I went to school around there. Um, so having a car is important in Los Angeles. Um, yeah, but, car culture, car culture. Car, yeah, but um, to me, it just was never a really important thing. But then when I got a car, the the thing that I was obsessed with about the car was the sound system. And so yeah. it wasn't so much about driving as it was about just like chilling out, listening to music in my car yeah. and like bringing friends. Well, that was like my chill spot, like bringing Come friends over to along. my car. Yeah. <laughs> like we'd drive around at like, <laughs> no joke. We'd drive around at like 1 a.m. just listening to music. You know, oh, yeah. it was it was the best. It was the absolute best. It's sort of pleasing to me that you could be living in Woodland Hills. And, you know, I've had I've had a, a fair number of uh, Los Angeles adjacent or Angelino natives on the podcast, despite the fact that we always say there that's no, there's no such thing. Um, that's absolutely categorically not true. Yeah. But it makes me happy. Like, um, it just makes me happy to imagine because when you live in Tucson, you do feel like that's the only thing to do. The only thing to do is to a certain degree, go to a movie or, you know, like cruise around listening to an album you're excited about because that's kind of all that's going on. So it makes me happy that, you know, in a city where ostensibly it's like there's always something going on. 
that it still feels good as a teenager to be like, I don't know, we just drove around and listened to music. It was great. Yeah, well, that's what that's what was like I valued hanging with friends more mm-hmm. than anything and like just chilling with friends, like not doing anything. And yeah. that's why the car was so perfect because it was like there is nothing to do. Also, the the place where the things were going on and stuff was happening, that was like far away from where I lived. Right. So, you know, I remember in college I met a friend from or I met a guy from Oklahoma. I became my friend and I was like, so you grew up in Oklahoma and Oklahoma sounded so remote and like yeah. there was so rural like there was nothing there and I was like what is that what was that like where you had nothing to do and and as I reflect on that now I'm like well I also had nothing to do <laughs> like, yeah. like it was probably just like my childhood where you know yeah. you play video games and go outside and ride a skateboard or whatever yeah it was yeah. the same thing did he did he say like I mean I don't know. We still had like streets and Seven Elevens. Yeah, stuff. he was trying to explain to me it wasn't as as like isolated as I had imagined it to be. Yeah. Um. But just uh, yeah, my perception of it was that it was just so. It was like Oklahoma, population of twenty five people. Uh-huh. You know, that was at least <laughs> yeah. what I w- was in my head. Yeah. I think I was like that too, though. I mean, I definitely you know you sort of if you have no reason to be in the middle of the country sometimes you sort of take on the perception that like it just seems like very popular to have the perception that everyone lives in a farmhouse in the middle of nowhere and you have to like drive your 1940s pickup truck you know 15 minutes just to get to your neighbors like what no no one's saying that (laughs) i guess for movies i don't know yeah and i i guess like now that i think about it i didn't have a reason like my family never traveled to the middle of the United States for anything. Yeah. It was always, it was like my mom grew up in Florida. So it was either Florida or uh, New York because we had family in New York or California all up and down the coast. Um, yeah. That's like primarily where our trips were. Um, and also like. And you weren't doing like the long drive with your folks who were like, we're going to show you America, kiddo. It was yeah, like, that, let's get on the plane. That never happened. Like the longest drive, yeah. we'd go to like Vegas. <laughs> Like, yeah, that was the yeah. drive. <laughs> yeah, uh, but no, we never did like big road trips. We would do like um, like tropical vacations, which at okay. the time I couldn't appreciate at all. Uh, and now oh, yeah. I look back and I go, "Man, that would be nice if I could do that now." Just <laughs> every year, take a tropical vacation. Was it when you were younger? Did it just feel like there just wasn't enough to do? Speaking of not having anything to do, or was it being stuck with your folks, like in that kind of normal kid way? Uh, or did you not like sand? I mean, listen, I don't. That sounds sarcastic, but no, I mean it. No, the I, I now I don't I don't uh, I don't like the beach as much as I did as a kid, and as a kid, I still didn't appreciate it much. So, what am I trying to say? I, you know what? I would get bored. I would get bored yeah. a yeah. lot. Where it was like they wanted to have a vacation from their busy work lives, right. and I was like, let's do something. And they were like, yes. no, yeah. we're gonna sit on the beach all day. Yeah, and and do you have siblings? Were you the I, only kid? Or I have an you... older brother. Okay, uh, and uh, so, but we would like we would fight a lot as kids, yeah, and so sure. we and we weren't that close. And he he's uh, uh, on the spectrum, so it's like we could never get super close. But um, sure. but yeah, it was just when we took these trips, I was like, I know that you are loving this, but I am uh-huh. hating this. Like yeah. 
clear waters, amazing sun and and beautiful skies and the views are gorgeous and I don't care. You know, yeah. I, I would find yeah. like I would find the arcade room or something and, and oh, go sure. play games. Sure. And also like I mean, I feel like that's why, you know, hence the success of like Disney resorts or Disney cruises, like places where they figured out, you know, which we never. This is what parents want, and it is not what kids is not going to be the same thing yeah. kids want. We have to be able to satisfy both, and everyone will be the happier for it, and we can charge whatever we want because people will be like, "Oh my god, this is a revelation." I would beg my parents to do a Disney cruise, or there was like this Disney Bahamas resort mm-hmm. that was. Oh, I can't remember what it was called, Paradise something. I can't remember. Uh-huh. But I would like beg my parents to go, and we never went to the ones that I wanted to go to. Yeah. The, the you know that had stuff to do for kids. So yeah, just. Getting Get, you know what? Get your parents on the phone. I got to talk. Okay, to you. hang on. One second. Uh, call my <laughs> Thank mom. you so much. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of uh, high school did you go to? You're going to private school, public school. I went to uh, a private high school called the New Community Jewish High School. New Jew. Oh, New Jew. Yeah, New Jew. I was their third pioneering class. They were sort of renting this space from a temple uh, that was in oh, okay. Woodland Hills and. Um, will you, in fact, will you put Woodland Hills in context for folks who don't know the LA area? Yeah, like if, like, how do you describe it to people who are say from so, elsewhere, like Oklahoma? Okay, so Los, you've got downtown Los Angeles. Everything is so spread out. Uh, yes. Los Angeles County is is huge. I don't know, how, yeah. you know, the 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 distance from like downtown to uh, Woodland Hills is like twenty five miles, but it's still considered LA County. Um, yeah, so. Woodland Hills is in the San Fernando Valley. It's on the west side of the San Fernando Valley. The San Fernando Valley is right above Hollywood, basically just separated by hills. And um, yeah, what 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 could I say about it's a very um, like middle class area and yeah, you know, is it on the side? Which is it on the side of? Um, oh, what's the street that I want to use as an example? Not like. Laurel, because obviously that's like Studio City. That's so that's way further east. Um, I mean, is it like Sepulveda? Like- okay, I can give you I can give you cities from east to west. So it okay. goes uh, from the very far right side of the valley. You've got Burbank going left. You've yes. got uh, Studio City, Sherman okay. Oaks, Encino, yeah. Tarzana. Oh, that's right, Tarzana and Encino. Yeah, and then further west, Woodland Hills, yes. and then yes. Calabasas. Yes. Okay. Yes. And. And that's the end of the valley. And let me be clear. When I say I grew up in Woodland Hills, what I really mean is I grew up in Calabasas. But let me say something. Okay. (laughs) Calabasas has a name for itself now. It didn't when I grew up there. When when my parents first got the house, it's funny. If you go on like Google Maps, you can see like the old homes where I grew up and the new homes. And the only thing separating them is is a gate. And oh, wow. the new homes are like 10 times bigger than the old yeah. homes. And yeah. the juxtaposition is pretty jarring. But yeah, I grew up in like the older <laughs> Calabasas. Yeah, Calabasas now people think of like just celebrities who are in the town. The Kardashians. Having a mansion. Yeah, yeah, having a mansion in Calabasas. I think that's where we shot the show I was on called Burning Love, which was like a Bachelor send up. Um and I'm, I think it was in Calabasas, and it, we were shooting in the most McMansion mansion at the top yeah. of a hill, and it was so boring. Like, the house <laughs> yeah. was so expensive, and it was so boring and drab. It was yeah. like, oh, God, like, look at these marble floors. Like, hey, this this room has wall-to-wall beige carpet, 
and it, everything is painted in an oatmeal color and the furniture all still kind of just look like it. you were in a model home. You know what I mean? Like there's just no personality. When someone asks me like where I want to live maybe in five, ten years if I'm still in L.A., not once has the word Calabasas uh-huh. left my lips. <laughs> I will never go back to that place. And uh-huh. like, it's nice. It's nice there. But it definitely is like now it has this, you know, it's like the, the perception that people have of it is a little bit true. It's a, mm. pretty snobby. And yeah. uh, I just can't kind of like wrap my head around the the people who live there. But um, yeah. but the high school was, so the, so it was like, we're going to try this out. And it had only been tried out for a couple of years when you ended up going to yeah. New Duke. Yeah, and I wanted to go, you know, I wanted to go where my friends were going. I wanted to go to all their high schools. And I was like, oh, man, New Duke. <laughs> all right, I guess. <laughs> um, but it ended up being the best thing that I uh, that I did when I was younger. I mean, honestly, it was it was a huge change. Like middle school, I was getting bullied nonstop, like every day. And uh, really tough. And why to- for? Uh, just f- for everything. I was. I, I mean, was not, th- not to say that you. This, this is not victim blaming in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> no, <laughs> in any way, shape, or form. No, I, I was. I was a, an easy target. I was uh, shorter than like everybody in my grade, um, and so that right there is like the first thing that bullies will go to is yeah. your height. Uh, yeah, and. I was, They're not. Bullies aren't necessarily known for their creativity. No, no, not not at all. Um, but like, yeah, and I didn't really have friends who who stood up for me either. So I, I didn't like have any support there. And I was I was getting bullied since like elementary school, since first grade. I was getting bullied, and I had this like yeah. one girl who was in. She followed me to every single class. Damn it. In elementary school, you know, you change teachers every grade, and she was yeah, there for yeah. every class, <sighs> making fun of me constantly. Her thing was like, "You're a shrimp. You're a shrimp," and I was like, "Yeah, I guess oh, I am no. a shrimp." Hurt people, hurt people, especially when you hear it's a girl. I'm like, "What was going on at home for her?" Yeah. Again, not okay at all. But no. like, what a tremendous bummer all around. Well, yeah, and you know, therapy helps, but like, you think about that now, and like, what what could she have been going through? And she actually. She actually followed me to my high school. She like, I like you say it like her number one priority <laughs> was just making sure she could still bully Max. It like, sure I am seemed like him. it. I have not made a decision yet, and as soon as I find out through the grapevine where Max is headed next, I will orchestrate my well, life. Well, here's around what's funny. Being in the same place. She she couldn't have known where I was going in uh, ninth grade, right? Because yeah. yeah. she didn't she didn't she wasn't in, in middle school with me, so she didn't know. So of course she didn't come to my high school in ninth grade but once she found out where I was 10th grade there she was oh she, no. she, she transferred schools oh, and then she no. was there but the funny thing is she didn't she couldn't even make eye contact with me in high school hmm. like I, I I never said anything to her but obviously she knew what she had done back then mm-hmm was not yeah. was not right and she never said anything she never apologized mm. she never nobody ever confronted it but but she didn't ever do it again she either. didn't ever do it again and because my high school again it wasn't the environment that you could do something like that and get away with it sure um, sure like th- this high school Nuju, um i the reason it was so like amazing is because it was really small the grades were like 80 kids and everyone knew each other 
and like you couldn't get away with bullying and they really practiced what they preached too there was a mm. lot of like um their whole thing is like tikkun olam which in hebrew means like uh i think it's like world healing um mm. and like there was just a lot of that preaching kindness and acceptance yeah. And that was huge for me. I mean, it was sure. it was like middle school getting bullied every single day and first day of high school and throughout the entirety of high school, not bullied a single time. Mm, it was great. It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Did, and so you, but your friends from middle school did not go to Nuju. So you really were starting fresh. Um, yeah, you didn't know really what to expect and what were the friendships like that you made in high school? Well, again, it was tough. So I think like there was a lot of <laughs> speaking of therapy, there was a lot of trauma uh, around the friends I did make and the friends that would kind of this this pattern would happen of like I'd make really good friends and then they'd either get like bored or tired and like just move on. And it mm. was the thing of like constantly making me think is there something wrong with me? Like nobody, yeah. you know what I mean? Like nobody wants to be my my friend. Um, and, and it made me feel like, you know, broken and like unlovable. Yeah. And so this oh, kept happening. It happened in elementary school and then it happened in middle school. And then again, it happened in high school, but only for that, that freshman year. I made <laughs> friends with a kid. We were super close. And then all of a sudden, one day, he didn't want to be my friend anymore. And it was like, he's, it was like, he sat on the, we were going on a big field trip and we were like, we're going to sit on the bus together. And then when we got on the bus, he was like, no, nah, I'm going to go sit with this other kid. And I, and yeah. you know, back then that's like a huge deal. I was no, like, I, I say it now and I go, well, okay, he sat with someone else. It's fine. But no, it's it feels so significant. I definitely had that. I had that too. And I do feel like in in high school, I, I think I did that to someone, not in any way thinking like, I think when you're that young, sometimes you just tell yourself it's mutual and you're like, oh, they have I know they have other friends like they we just happen to be spending more time together. But like, it doesn't make as much sense now. Yeah. And looking back, I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no. I think maybe I hurt someone and I didn't mm. mean to at all because I never would have knowingly made that choice because it had happened to me. So mm. it's hard to know because sometimes it's, you know, sometimes it is maybe something like a little more malicious or it is like true boredom. And then perhaps sometimes it's like you're just kind of a thoughtless child and you're yes. not you're just not thinking one way or the other. About totally. It. And you could have but good totally intentions and like just say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing and have, yeah, have no clue what you're doing. Like I remember this is really bad, but I remember uh, at like a lunch break in high school, there was a girl who was like, um, Max, do you want to, do you want to sit with me? And in my head, let me, let me say this before I say it in my head, what I was trying to say was absolutely uh, I would love to <laughs> like that was what was in my head and what came out was yeah I mean I have nothing better to do yeah and that is not what I meant yeah you know what I mean it was like yeah. I have you know I don't have to justify it now but like that's the kinds of stuff that comes out of your mouth <laughs> as a child and you don't realize what you're saying but I will yeah. say after that um, that trip or during that trip um after that incident where he didn't want to sit with me, I ended up making the my best friends from yeah. from that trip. So like because he did that and didn't yeah. want to hang out with me, I sought out 
other people yeah. and the people I was rooming with ended up becoming my best friends. Fate, kismet, yeah. I don't know, you know? Yeah. Wait, where was, so where was the trip? And it how was long to, was it? It was to Silmar or Asilmar. Okay, yeah. Um, and uh, so the bus ride, I can't remember, it felt like, like what five What were you guys doing in, that's not, is that the Dutch? No, I mean the Danish? No, that's different. That's um, what you call it. Could, what is in Silmar? Isn't Silmar just like further north yeah. and hot? I couldn't tell you why we were there. I think I, I went to an animal refuge there one time to like, huh, Silmar, interesting. I don't, I don't know. I don't remember why we're there. Because the only, yeah, and the only thing I remember was just making new friends. Like that's yeah. the only thing from that trip I remember. But why we were there? You might have to ask these guys. Not a clue. <laughs> So everyone knows somewhere is not that far. It's not like it's like you went up to San Francisco. It's like you could drive to somewhere back in a day. 100%. You didn't need to like room with anyone. 100%. So there was something going on there that you just don't remember. Was there some sort of historical landmark or political building? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'll never know. I'll text. I'll, okay. I'm going to text my friend. I'll, I'll text my okay, friend good. and then I'll, I'll fill you in. Okay, we're going to take a break. I will be back after a word from our wonderful buddies at Maximum Fun. Hey, Max Fun listeners, this is Cameron Esposito. I'm a stand-up comic, actor, writer, best-selling author, and podcaster. I got a great show called Query where I interview LGBTQ plus luminaries across, oh, a bunch of fields. People in entertainment, astronauts, musicians, rock stars. I am bringing the show to Maximum Fun. You can listen right now, and I am so happy to be on this network. We have new episodes out every Monday. You can listen at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. So by the time in high school you meet these um, fantastic friends and it, and it is this like long-lasting friendship, what about dating? Did you have any action going on in oh, high God, school? Oh, God, no. <laughs> no, not at all. God, that is – I've the more – it feels to me like more of my guests than less had zero game in high school. And I, I know it's like a self-selecting group because I continually – talk to artists of some kind or other and people in the business and stuff but isn't that interesting like it's, it's nice to hear that yeah. other people have have the Feels same like experience it. i mean i could be wrong i'm sure regular listeners are like janet no that's an exaggeration <laughs> but i definitely feel like so 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 many are like well, oh god no yeah i mean i i wasn't it's just not what i was focused on you know and and i think also you know, I keep saying it, but like the the trauma of my social relationships kind of probably factored into that. Between yeah. that and having a class that was 80 kids, you know, right. it wasn't like, I also had this thing of like, well, I don't want to make waves. And I, I, I guess that was the major thing is like, I don't want to make, I don't want to stand out in any way, shape or form. Mm -hmm. So nobody makes fun of me at all. Like that's probably what was going through my head all the time. Yeah. Um. So it wasn't in high school. There was no prospect there. Yeah. Got it. Okay. <laughs> I was wondering, too, because you said that you were smaller than average and I was taller than average. And, you know, I think that's like the, both of those things are hard for like whether it's 
whether we're just acting out and we are don't end up being straight, but like, you know, sort of being conditioned to have the majority straight behavior mm-hmm. um, in things like middle school. Like, I feel like I was as uncomfortable about my height as like friends of mine who were short on the shorter side who were male. Mm. And it wasn't like. I wasn't like, I would never go out with someone smaller than me because guys have to be tall. I was like, I'm huge. (laughs) I will feel like the gargantuan giraffe I already feel like. So it was like insecurity on both sides. It wasn't like, you know. Understandable. Understandable. But like everything at that age feels like it's such a huge deal. Like everything. And you only learn later that like, yeah, being tall is fine. Being short is Uh fine. Like (laughs) who cares? Um, yeah, but yeah. but yeah, that was definitely a factor too. Of like, yeah, the, my height was it played a role in it in everything. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, again, like I can completely relate to that a hundred percent. When you say that you were excited to listen to music in the car because the sound system was great, what kind of music were you listening to? Oh, uh, elect- huge music. Was it? I mean, it was okay, electronic right. music. I was. Uh, really into classical music when I was a kid. And I remember like mm-hmm. my brother listening to like metal and being like, I'll never listen to that. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> being like, like that, that's, you know, that's not <laughs> smart music. Classical music is smart music. <laughs> and like, uh, as I, as I got older, like my, my music taste started to change. I started getting into like Foo Fighters and Muse. And, mm-hmm. um, but I always had like a strong passion for, electronic music dead mouse and uh skrillex and um i mean skrillex came a little later but uh uh uh, the crystal method these were these were i I even saw the crystal method live in concert they were so i was gonna ask you if you went to any show yeah they were so good um and uh (laughs) and i was also really straight edge so like i didn't smoke didn't drink I didn't do any kind of drugs. And so I'd go to like, I remember going to the Electric Daisy Carnival. Uh-huh. And like everyone was on something. Of course. Except for me and my uh-huh. friend. <laughs> we were just there to enjoy the music. My one uh-huh. friend, Yoni, uh, he um, he and I would would hang out all the time just listening to music. That's why I say like my favorite thing to do was chill. Me and him yeah. would chill in the car. Uh, with the sunroof open, find a really like looking at the stars. Oh yeah, and listen to electronic music, and that was, you know, the little things, the pure. It was pure yeah. joy. Yeah. Well, it reminds you too that you know, I think you can fall into certain like vortexes, whether it's because of social pressure or just because like that's the place that you are emotionally in your life, where it feels like it does feel like to to do something that simple that you can be like, I have to be on something. Like, I need to be on something to make this music sound better or to right. make the stars seem crisper or to make the experience of having nothing to do feel like I'm still getting an adrenaline rush from it or whatever that high feeling is. Yeah. And I think that's something that um, that I also like that I, I did. T- I did do drugs when I was younger in the younger years of, of high school and then like pulled way back on that. Um, in the later years of high school and then promptly did it again in college and then pulled way back in college. But um, but I think like, you know, I fell into this idea of like there's nothing to do here, but like everything becomes more fun and strange and interesting when you're on a drug. Mm. And then yet when I think back to some of my happiest times in high school, it was like doing the exact same thing, but totally sober. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah. I, I didn't, I, that felt better. I think, I, you know, I'm glad that I never tried it, any kind of drugs in high school, because I feel like 
I don't know how I would have felt about it, but it really, I guess, gave me an appreciation for doing things sober, <laughs> like doing things just yeah. how you are. Yeah. And um, and I I can look back on that very fondly um, and, and appreciate it quite a bit. So, um, yeah, and I, I never understood. I also just didn't get it. I just didn't get the appeal um, mm-hmm. where I was like, but why, why would you want to not have all your senses, you know, and be 100% yeah. alert? And um, the fact that I was able to enjoy stuff without it is, I mean, I, I, th- I think it's great. Yeah. I, it, yeah. I remember like going to a party the first time I was, I was 16 and it was the first time I had a drink. Um, I had like a, you know, a couple shots of vodka and it just didn't do anything for me. And mm-hmm. everybody was having a great time and feeling loose. And I was just sitting there going, I'm tired. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. yeah. So I, I didn't get it. Of course, now I, I understand it um, better as, as, you know, with age and more experiences and y- you, you get the social aspect of it. But, right. um, but back then I just didn't, didn't understand it and also yeah. just didn't need it. Well, I mean, that's a huge one, too, is, yeah, feeling like, you know, having social, like, having social anxiety doesn't mean that you necessarily benefit from or turn to drugs. It didn't go away. Like, my social anxiety, (laughs) like, I had a couple shots of vodka, and the social anxiety was there 100%, maybe even more so, because I was like, like, I'm out of control. What if I say something stupid? I'm not in full control. Exactly. Totally get it. Totally get it. Yeah, there's... There are so many different ways to experience a substance. Um, it isn't going to be the same for everyone. And I'm always grateful. I always say, like, I'm kind of grateful that um, that alcohol does very quickly takes me to depression and fatigue <laughs> because for I have to, like, you know, whatever all of my vices or whatever my issues are, um, that I just I feel lucky. Honestly, I can't say it's like, oh, my God, I have such an amazing strong will and spirit that I just choose not to to reap this temporary benefits of of booze. It's like, no, I really I'm not getting those benefits. So it's really easy to not go nuts because if I go immediately to a place of like, God, the world is so depressing, you know, (laughs) (laughs) and I I just want to go to sleep. That's not really having the effect that other people are experiencing. Yeah, it pretty it pretty much just makes me tired as far as like alcohol. And then I I got really into scotch and whiskey uh, a few years ago. And it was cool, not because of like, the alcohol, not because of the way it made me feel, but I was like, this is an adult thing. And totally. I, I'm, I, you know, this is, uh, this makes me interesting. And, uh, you know, and please tell me that you also smoked a pipe for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would have been amazing if I got into pipe smoking. Uh, I did not. Um, uh-huh. but, uh, there's time. There's time. You're, there's... you're only, you're only an actor. What could possibly go wrong with you ruining your voice by t- intaking tobacco and just holding it in your mouth and lips for a while? Uh, I also remember, like, as a kid thinking like okay if i have to smoke a cigarette on screen i guess i'll do it but quickly i'll take yeah. like one puff and like yeah. this was a part of my like no drugs philosophy yeah. of like i can't do any drugs like Ugh. yeah yeah uh but Did you have you ever had to do that did you ever have I to smoke i never on had to smoke on screen or on stage which, by the way, thank God, because even even smokers, which I am not, 
are like like oh like fake cigarettes are so nasty they're really bad <laughs> and so there for, there's no positive side to that for me like mm. anytime a character i've only had one character that like for a certain period of time on a show smoked and i was like this cannot end fast enough yeah. like this is very hard yeah it's i just had a friend tell me that he smoked for a role but not on screen he just did it to prepare for a role oh, yeah. no, that's not that's not for me <laughs> And I'm not that kind of actor. He's not never a have been, never will be. Yeah, I know. I, I could never do that. Uh, that feels like very. Yeah, that feels. See that kind of behavior, and I all all love and do respect to those who have that relationship to acting. That kind of behavior is totally legit. You can be an artist. You can have that experience. I am not denying that Christian Bale and Daniel Day Lewis. By the way, I'm hard pressed to think of any women who have ever described themselves as a method, but whatever, it's cool. Uh, 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 I Meryl Streep. Good. Is she somebody who would smoke off screen if her oh. character was a smoker? Do you know what I mean? I remember seeing an interview and she was like, I won't reveal my process. <laughs> so okay, well, I don't know. <laughs> watch her process is just like, I don't know. I learned my lines the night before right, and right. hope for the best. <laughs> yeah, just stay present. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, that's the kind of, um, I associate that with like the embarrassment of being an actor. I, I'm, I'm not proud of that. And I feel bad for it because it feels very judgmental on my mm. part. But I am more the actor who's like, I don't want to admit to anyone that I act at all, much less that I would be like, well, I sunk very deep into my role. Like when people say, what do you do to prepare for a role? That is a so real, legit question. And I'm always like, oh, no, like you're asking me like a professional actor question and I don't do any of that. And I'm embarrassed to imagine myself doing it. Like I'm I'm genuinely embarrassed to imagine being like. Well, of course, I, you know, changed the bed that I slept in because so-and-so slept in a twin-size bed. So I got a twin-size bed because I really wanted to inhabit that character. (laughs) I'm like, no. I'll tell you a really sad story about me being or trying to be that actor. In college, I was taking an acting class and it was like, it was my second acting class, uh, second semester. And I remember being like I'm gonna go super method I'm going to try all the things in the scene like for real at home and like get in my head you know like really be in the character and and I really put in so much work and then I went to the class and did the scene do you remember what the scene was this I don't remember we did so many things it could have been I just remember the glass menagerie being a thing but I don't think it was the glass menagerie um but uh, but I did the scene and finished it and thought that was the best acting I have ever done Uh and the teacher Uh said now class that is the kind of manufactured acting nobody in here wants to do (laughs) (laughs) and I was heartbroken of course you were who wouldn't be absolutely heartbroken and and she was like that is bad acting. You didn't put in any work, did you? Uh oh. I was shit. just what a mind fuck. And I'm frozen because I'm I'm going, yeah. this doesn't add up. <laughs> What's going right. on? Of course. I would be exactly the same. I had no clue. And then I remember she goes, she goes, Why aren't you saying anything? And I was like, I don't know what to say. I was like, there's no constructive criticism. I cannot respond. So yeah. that that was enough right there to make me want to quit <laughs> acting and i remember oh, of course. Of i course. called i was about to i was about to just like 
totally drop out and quit entirely. Yeah. yeah. And I wasn't even an acting major, but I was like, well, this is not for me. And I called my first acting teacher and I said, mm-hmm. hey, uh, or I texted him. I was like, hey, um, just so you know, I am going to stop acting. It's not for me. Um, yeah. uh, basically, it didn't go well in my acting class. And he was like, whoa, 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 wait, wait, wait. Why don't we meet for lunch and let's talk about it and he met me and he was like "Ah, I think what she was trying to say was and he almost literally talked me down from the ledge the acting ledge of like yeah and and for you for for reaching out and realizing that you needed that because when I had an experience somewhat like that which was it was so minor compared to that it was like there were three, you know, there was something called the Irene Ryan um, nominations and like I did a show and three people and I was one of the leads and three people on, in the cast, my co-lead, our other co-lead and then like a more auxiliary role got nominated because I don't think that the professor particularly liked me. And I, I did. I was like, I'm done. <laughs> it's like the last the last play I did <sighs> for ever. I don't know. You know, yeah. I really and I wish I would have. I wish I would have had the the I wish I would have asked for help I wish I would have reached out to my other acting professor who loved me who believed in me and said hey I'm really feeling insecure about this like my confidence is crushed I'm my ego is obviously bruised I'm I'm still you know 18 19 years old like I got you know and to have that person talk me off that ledge I wish that I would have done that I'm so proud of you for knowing that like you know, you needed somebody else before you made that decision. It was possible someone might be able to explain it better to you or differently. Yeah, well, and and that was very unlike me too to do something hmm. like that. So I'm I'm surprised at myself Good. for doing that. But yeah, I, I, it was it was truly a cry for help. It was like yeah. I really love this thing. I've loved yeah. it my entire life. I've wanted to yes. be an actor, and in this moment, it seems like that my one dream is going to be crushed. And so that, you know, I, I had to. I was like, there, <laughs> I just need somebody yeah. to say, yes. no, she's wrong. And, yes. and he did. And, and also, shame on her. I'm sorry, but you can't do that to young people. <laughs> you can't. And she was also you just the- can't be that kind of teacher. I think they I think people think people decide that 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 college kids are old enough to like deal with that or take it or something or yeah, like, just or, like or they like, like hurting people but I'll like that's weed not out the ones who aren't you know don't have their heart in this I don't like, like that. if you really have your heart in this you wouldn't get so upset and offended by what I'm telling yeah, I don't you like that I don't and like it was that. that's terrible but she was also the same teacher who said I was like one day I go up to her after class and I go uh, hey I hear about this thing called voiceover and I'm really interested I, I know there's a, a a class here and she goes I don't know anything about that. Don't ask me about that. You should ask somebody else. And she walks away. <laughs> and I was like, All right, well, oh, okay. You just. My best to her. Yeah, I know, right? But yeah. Uh, I don't know where she is, but um, good luck and goodbye. Oh, oh, it's time for a quick break. I will be back after a word from our friends at Maximum Fun. <laughs> It's official. MaxFun has become a co-op. We're now a worker-owned network of artist-owned shows supported directly by you. Thanks to supporters and listeners like you, MaxFun will always be a place where employees have a say. Thanks to you, shows can continue to partner with an independent, values-driven network. Thanks to you, we're able to carry on our commitment to our shows and the community we've grown together. 
Learn more about what becoming a co-op means for us and you at MaximumFun.org slash co-op. That's MaximumFun.org slash C-O-O-P. Have you played MASH before? Have we, do you know what I'm about to do? I do know MASH. I played it many times in school. Okay, good. All right. Well, this is an all positive mash um, that we leave the show with. So I am first going to ask you uh, for three movies that you can jump into. You're not reliving the Mm. plot of the movie. It's just you get to be in that world, uh, whatever that means to you, with those characters just hanging out, (sighs) having a great time. And you're not in any physical danger. (laughs) Movies uh, that I can hang out in? Mm -hmm. Okay. Just in that world. And that could be the world of, you know, 70s New York and blank movie, or it could be like Star Wars. Like it could be, you know, as grounded or as fantasy as you want. Okay. Well, I got to go. I got to go with Harry Potter. And then does it have to be movies? No. You know what? Let's widen it out. Okay. I'm very curious what you're going to say. I'm going to say, I'm going to say my childhood obsession was, uh, um, I have two. Dragon Ball Z, this anime called Dragon Ball Z where everyone had superpowers. Have you ever ended up working on that show? No. No, I haven't. I would love for that to happen. Adjacent. But I did end up working on Pokemon, which is my other answer. Yeah. So the world of Pokemon would be super cool. Great. Great, great, great. Okay. Yes. Perfect. Um, And both of those have been movies, by the way. So we've cheated and pretended like even though (laughs) it might be not the exact one. You know what? But I I don't want to be in the movie version of Dragon Ball Z. That's that's, the problem. That's what I, I guess that's where I was going was like, it's cheating in that you aren't actually going into that movie. So (laughs) you're fine. Um, Okay. Next one. Let's do three. Well, interestingly, because I need to hear your your answer based on um, the conversation about the vacations you took as a young person. But three places that um, we're going to give you another home. Okay. And we can sort of teleport you there. So it can be vacationy or it can be like a bustling city and across the world, whatever you want. Number one, far and away, uh, Kyoto, Japan. Okay. Oh, I love Kyoto. Kyoto. I, I would went, love to I, go back. I took, I've been there once. I took a trip uh, with some friends like seven years ago or so. Yeah. And uh, we did Tokyo, Kyoto. And a couple other places in Kyoto was just so peaceful and serene and beautiful. And it was my favorite part of the trip. I got sick that day and had to stay back while my friends went to uh, Hiroshima. And I got out of bed. I was like, I'm in another city. I'm just, I had a cold, right? And so I just went walking around and popped into shops and whatever. And it was the best day Mm. of the entire trip just being by myself for the first time away from these three guys who didn't care about cuisine or food which I cared very much about and like buying little mochi things for myself going to the library it was the best so anyway um, I can totally yes I a thousand percent yes Kyoto okay great got it uh and then um maybe somewhere tropical because now I appreciate tropical places yeah Ah, but not but nowhere I went as a kid I'm thinking like Bali or something yeah. great just Got tropical it. paradise and then because i like their society <laughs> i i think maybe like uh, the netherlands or sweden or norway sure should i put One um uh like scandinavia scandinavia great i'm not going to visit you uh on the 
darkest day of the year, though, because I am. That's where whenever I really think about being there, I think about my friends who are uh, who live in Norway or Sweden. And they just like they don't get a lot. Yeah, of Yeah, don't. I don't think you want that. Like it is. We get something we get through. Oh, uh, no. um, but that's why you have. A, it's your second home. You're not living there. It's my time. second. Yeah, yeah. You want. I just live there the, um, in the light light times. Brilliant. Okay. Well, let's do three skills, three, um, not magical skills, but like three real life skills that we can sort of download into your, you know, <clears throat> brain matrix style that you would like to have wake up with and be an expert. Okay. I'm a terrible artist. I think drawing is a superpower. Drawing. Yeah. Great. Also music. And I don't know if this is two of them, but like playing the drums and playing the mm-hmm. guitar, mm-hmm. those, mm-hmm. those two uh, guitar, you could pick up and go anywhere. Yeah. Yep. And drums is something that I I took a class in college and I absolutely loved it. And I was like, why didn't I do this as a kid? I played piano instead. And I was like, I don't care about yeah. piano. Um, so, All right. Shall I give you guitar and drums in one category? Yeah. I'm feeling generous. Okay. All right. Uh, and, drums. and then a third skill would be, I was going to say writing because I'm not a great writer. So I guess if I was able to write better, mm-hmm. but also like the skill of being able to just be a social butterfly. Mm-hmm, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm, I don't know mm-hmm. if that's a skill or not, but like I have friends who are that and mm-hmm. can like just jump into a party and be the life yeah. of the party and like feel so comfortable in any environment. Yeah, I would like to feel comfortable in any environment. Okay. Fuck writing. This is <laughs> we're putting in social butterfly. Great. I know you do improv, so I'm going to ask three improvisers that you it would be you're, rest assured you're going to feel at the top of your game. They are going to feel you are an equal at the top of your game. Uh, three improvisers that you would love, and living or dead, that you would love to get oh, to play with. Man. Okay, Robin Williams. I don't know. I don't know if he yeah. is technically an improviser, but no, he yeah. he definitely. But yeah, that counts a hundred percent. Jim Carrey never did improv, right? God, didn't he? Well, he was Maybe a comedian. He did. He did, I don't he did think, like comedy. that motherfucker improvises his way through every movie. He does. Seems like with the outtakes. So I, I 100. Uh, I'm putting him on here for sure. Okay, so Robin Williams and Jim Carrey—they were my all-time heroes as a kid. Yeah. So that would be understandable, incredible. And then um, another hero of mine as a kid, and I, yeah, he did improv. Uh, Martin Short. Great. Yes. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Okay. Great. God, I'd be so excited to see this show um, <laughs> with you and them. Okay. Or one of them even. Um, okay. Next one, let's do uh, three uh, three partners. Uh, romantic, sexy times, long-term, short-term, don't care. Char- they can be characters from a thing. They can be real people oh, and from age, any era. Three romantic, sexy times. Shoot. All right. Well, I'm going to shoot my shot here. Uh-huh. Emma Watson, if you're listening. Great. Just no. Give me a call. Okay. Uh, let's say Emma Watson will say, I, I just because I think they're the funniest, she's the funniest actor alive, Julia Louis Dreyfus. Oh, great. If great. we were, if in yeah. different times, if it was age appropriate. Yeah, yeah. then I think she's great. incredible. And I'm going to yeah. throw, I'm going to throw a curveball in here. I'll say, I, w- I wish people could see that you sat back and had to adjust the mic accordingly as you were like, we're getting into it now. Almost the end of the podcast, Barney. I'm finally getting real with you. I'm okay, Check with, it out. I'm okay with saying this because I've said it in front of 
hundreds of people at a con before. Great. Um, there was a game called Star Fox on uh-huh. Nintendo 64. <laughs> and there was a character called Slippy. Now, okay, all right. I had a, a crush on Slippy. What I didn't know then, which I know mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. is Slippy was a dude. Now, then okay. I thought Slippy was a lady. And yeah. uh, the voice actor was a lady. And uh-huh. I was simply attracted to the voice of right. this frog. <laughs> Slippy the frog. I didn't have an actual crush on the frog, but it was the voice of the frog. I love this kind of honesty. I will say what I've said many times on the podcast, which is it's amazing how many people had a crush on the Robin Hood uh, fox from Disney's uh, Robin Hood, Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. which feels a little more A to B. Um, Definitely when you said there was a frog, that was the biggest twist. Uh, But amazing. (laughs) I absolutely love this and I totally get it. I totally get it. It gets less embarrassing the more I tell the story. So I figure I have to. Good. I I love that you're owning it. I think that's important. Um, Slippy. Great. Everything about it. Okay. Uh, Next one. Three foods that in this alternate reality, you can have as much of as you want and you are not harmed. It's not too fatty. It's not too sugary. You're not crashing. It's not harming the earth. It's not harming anyone or anything. Um, Or it could just be something, you know, like this perfect sushi that you had in Japan that you wish you could have here and you just like dream about that moment. You know what I mean? So three. Well, you say sushi. It is my favorite. I know that's, I feels like a cop out answer. I feel like everyone probably says sushi. This is for you. You don't have to come up with something that's not realistic. (laughs) Just to you know what I mean? Like yeah. we love I love sushi. I'd put it on the list. Ah oh, man, I could eat it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um so sushi is number one. Number two it, uh would be fruit in general. Just Great. watermelon, strawberries, fruit. Great. Uh <laughs> number three. Um number three food. I'll what say like frog's legs. Frogs. I know. There's a weird frog theme going on. <laughs> uh, I've never had frog's legs. I haven't either. That probably brings back bad memories. Um, oh, yeah. Too, too soon. Too soon. <laughs> my love. I, I will say my mom makes this carrot souffle for Thanksgiving every Ooh. year. And it sounds interesting. How it's, fun. It's more like a dessert than a. Yeah. Like a, but it's served with all the main courses. Yeah. And it is. So good. Ooh, this so, is very interesting. has got a crunchy topping. Oh. And I actually Wonderful. saw her a few years ago making it, and she put real carrots in it, which I couldn't believe that there were real carrots in this souffle. What did you think was taking the place of the carrots in the carrot souffle? Sugar? <laughs> <laughs> Extra sugar? I don't know. <laughs> Great. Carrot souffle is the most interesting, uh, I think, answer period that I've ever gotten. And I'm very curious about it. And I want to try it's it. It's okay. brilliant. And if I ever see you right yeah. after at a con, mm-hmm. right after Thanksgiving, I'll yeah. bring you some carrot souffle. I can't wait. I can't wait. Okay. Um, great. Uh, let's do uh, a character in uh, anime that you have done, a world that is that means something to your fans. Um Three characters that you would love to like bring out and hang out with in uh, some kind of oh that I've done yeah I think something that like for people who are listening to this who are huge fans of your work I want to like give them a sort of sure window into like you know characters that you enjoy or would want to like hang out with in some way I would because he's he's a side he's a sidekick and 
I could use a sidekick. He's a little he's a little cat creature. Oh, Actually, great! Here you can see this. Nobody else can. This is a, a pop. So this is a character from a show called Miraculous Ladybug, uh, yes. where I play a character called Plag, and he's the sidekick yes! to the main character. Um, great! I'm showing Janet the pop figure of the character, yes. and um, I think hanging out with him would be fun. He's he's goofy and silly and snarky and loves to eat. Mm-hmm. Which so okay, do great. I. So yes, him. Okay, and then um, I would hang out with. Man, who else would I hang out with? Well, this is more vague. I think my fans wouldn't really know, but I play the Cheshire Cat in Alice's <gasps> Wonderland yeah. Bakery. Um, yeah. Disney Junior. So I'd hang out with the Cheshire Cat. He's yeah, super Yeah, absolutely. And third, maybe I'd hang out. How there's fun. a There's a character. There's two, but I think the more fun one. There's Saitama, One Punch Man, and then there's Ryuji in Persona 5. But Ryuji in Persona 5, he's, he's like a... Again, a himbo goofball who I think would Great. be a fun, a fun hang. Wonderful. Okay, uh, final category. Let's do three musicians that you can be at their show or like be at a recording they're doing. Um, just like you're more in the mix with these three musicians in whatever way is meaningful and sounds fun to you. I'd 100% be at a produce like a production session with Skrillex. Yeah. Great. 100%. Who else? Maybe Matt Bellamy from Muse. Sure. And then, am I gonna say Steve Grohl? Steve, Steve Grohl, Dave Grohl. <laughs> Dave Grohl, great. Uh, am I gonna say that? Oh, okay, okay, sure. He's supposed to be just like a real fun dude to have to. to he be looks like a, a fun dude. Out with. Yeah. He did like a yeah. He did like a eight nights of Hanukkah thing on YouTube. Did Love you ever it. see that? Uh-uh. It but heard great. of it. Yeah. Definitely heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. I have a friend who was friends with him and and said like he's just a great guy. Like very. You know those pack Northwest musicians were just like never took it too seriously. Yeah, like fame, stupid, he weird. Se- it, like, that's exactly who he seems. So yeah. genuine, so down to earth. Yeah, hundred percent. I love it. Okay, all right. So I'm going to be giving you your uh, results. Uh, obviously, I have to do some very important mash math. Um, will you please give me a word that helps describe that feeling of the day that you had in Kyoto by yourself. Oh, uh, serenity. Okay, great. All right. Uh, I am going to calculate these results. Very scientific. Will you please, I welcome you to vamp, tell people what they can check out. Okay. Uh, what, how they can find you, where they can find you. And if you peter out before I'm done, please don't worry because that's what editing's for and it will seem as if no time has passed. All right. Hello, everyone. You can find me on the socials, Instagram and uh, Twitter, which I use very seldom, um, at, at Max Middleman. It's just my name, M-I-T-T-E-L-M-A-N. And uh, at conventions across the globe, I go and uh, have a great time meeting fans. And I do my comedy show, my improv sketch comedy show with my buddies Ray Chase and Robbie Damon and we have a blast we do that like 20 times a year so hopefully we come to a city near you and you get to see our show um, and I said I was going to invite myself onto that show at some point that when you were in town at the oh, same time somewhere as me oh that's right I w- we would love to have you as a participant in the show that would be amazing um, if for no other reason that I'll make you look better or we'll have super fun and I'll do great. You but will not. You will not. Options. And in fact, you come off looking great no matter what. happens. In fact, at this time, Janet, I'm going to come clean. OK, as mm-hmm. you're doing this math. Mm-hmm. I am a big fan of your work from Spontaneation. I'm a oh, huge. Nice. 
I'm a huge Paula oh, Tompkins that's awesome. Oh, man, fan. that's great. Yeah, and I I, lo- I listened to every episode. I loved that show, and you were brilliant on it. So oh, I know man, how good of an thanks, improviser buddy. you are, and I would love to have you make me look better on stage. That would be incredible. Oh, that was such a fun, weird show. When, I, when it was announced to me that I was the most frequent guest on that podcast, I added it to my resume that meant nothing to any <laughs> producer I mean, people love Paul F., but, you know, like, it's weird to be like, it's this needs to go in my bio now next to, like, TV shows I was on. I'm like, and was the most frequent guest on yeah. Paul F. You're like, you don't understand. That's a really important accolade. <laughs> to me, it felt like a massive achievement, uh, an accidental, unplanned achievement. So um, I'm so glad. Okay, well, this is very exciting because uh, you're wonderful and your castmates in your improv show are wonderful as well. So um, also wonderful. I'm going to go ahead and say it. You have a fantastic MASH future my friend, you are uh, looking good, sitting pretty. This is all quite wonderful. Uh, first of all, I want to congratulate you on your beautiful apartment somewhere in Scandinavia. Oh, uh, TBD yes. could be uh, Oslo, could be uh, some some beauty in the country of Sweden somewhere, could be wonderful. the countryside, I don't know. But um, it's going to be beautiful. Uh, so congratulations on that. And despite the fact that, you know, I don't know how remote this little apartment's going to end up being, probably not a cabin if it's, you know, an apartment. Um, but regardless of where you are and when, you have unlimited sushi. Whenever you yeah. want. of the most superb quality you absolutely have that um so congrats on that and i can eat it calorie free no it it zero ramifications of any sort or kind um you can also pop into the Potterverse whenever you want. Uh, you can head, hang out at Hogwarts, um, cast a spell, eat a magical candy or two. Um, ideally, not one that tastes like vomit. Uh, and, I've done that. Uh, congrats! Right? I mean, I've, I've already done the, the every the flavored vomit beans. Not you've got to do. You've got. You got to do it, and then you wish that you hadn't done it, but you did do it. Uh, I can relate. Uh, you also can hang out with Ryugi from Persona Five. Yes. Uh, very <laughs> my cool, buddy, my pal. Do you feel like Dave Grohl's going to get along with Ryuji because you're also hanging out with Dave Grohl? Uh, Ryuji and Dave. I'm Grohl. sorry, Ryuji. Damn it, Janet. Uh, no, no. Ryuji and Dave Grohl would be such pals. Ryuji can make friends with anyone uh, if they're not uh, massive jerks. So right. Dave Grohl, just being like the shining light that he is, we, fantastic. We, the three of us would have s- such fun together. Speaking of the three of us, what if I added your Jim Carrey into that mix? Because I also feel like he would do, that's like a really fun little fab four right there. This is, I'm feeling. Yeah, <laughs> actually, I know, it's real. Speaking feels of real. going method. <laughs> yeah, feels like it's I don't know if we were talking about that before the podcast <laughs> or after we started. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, that would be, that would be such a childhood dream to hang yeah. out. With Jim Carrey. 100%. Oh, man. Oh, by the way, I forgot to mention, you do play masterfully the guitar and drums. So when you're hanging with Dave Grohl, you're undoubtedly also playing with him. Jim Carrey seems like a real music fan, at least for Foghat, from what I remember of that meme. And so you are buddies with all of them. Uh, I think that just leaves us with your partner. I don't know if she's going to want to go there because she spent a lot of time there already. But if Emma Watson for some reason, wants to go to a certain mystical place with you, that's an option. Obviously, doesn't have to. You've got all these other wonderful places um, that you can take her. Uh, but that is your your beautiful, wonderful uh, partner in this now, let me magical ask you, MASH world. In the MASH games you've played with other guests, yeah. 
how many have come true? I would say, I want to say 97%. So there's a chance. Very, very, very strong big chance. chance. Okay. Very strong chance. Okay. Chances increased exponentially when you picked an actual living age appropriate person. <laughs> so <laughs> I would say it's around the corner. Wonderful. Wait for that phone to ring. Yeah. This is, this is making me so happy. I yeah. will absolutely just, this is a dream come true. Yeah. I, I, living You're this out. Um, I'll text you from Norway. I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> I'm coming to see you spring or fall. Me and Don't Emma. want it to be light all the time. I'm coming to see the both of you. Mm-hmm. Fuck it. You know what? I want to hang out with Jim and Dave. Let's like, uh, and I and I need to meet Ryuji so I can actually uh, pronounce Ryuji's name right. Um, Wonderful. So this is what's happening. This is what's happening. This was so fun. Max, I can't wait to see you soon. We can talk offline about whatever con overlap there may be <laughs> in the coming months. And uh, everybody else, I will talk to you next time on the pod. Oh, oh I almost forgot. Boys of Summer, I do give my Boys of Summer guests the option of singing a snippet of the song Boys of Summer, uh, which some people know and some people don't. But it's like, I can't see you, your brown skin shining in the sun. Have you have you heard that song? I, I can. I, I mean, I, I okay, have. Good. All right, great. Uh, let, me just, let me just look up the lyrics. Let me just look really, up the lyrics. Really, I'm wishing you the very best Here of luck. Here we go. <clears throat> yep. How much of this do you want? You immediately started playing air guitar, air drums. I'm not sure which it was, but something happened. The transformation was immediate. But I can see you, your brown skin shining in the sun. You got your hair combed back and your sunglasses on, baby. I can tell you my love for you will still be strong after the boys of summer have gone. Woo! Woo! Everybody, please give it up for Max Benjamin. Thank you. Thank you. And now I will talk to everyone next time on the podcast. Bravo, Max. Thank you. The show is recorded by me and edited by Julian Burrell. And as always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi. Hey, number one, we could save kittens from trees. Lunch on skyscrapers, bring the villains to their knees. Maybe we should. Maximum Fun, a worker-owned network of artist-owned shows. Supported directly by you.